Greetings and welcome to episode number 64 of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. When I tell you this guest is a dream guest and was a total reach and also total perfect storm of kind of manifestation and all the, the stars aligning, uh, Alex Beaton is someone I've followed on Instagram for years. And we talk about this on the podcast episode. She's recently getting into the TikTok game. She had commented on one of my TikToks and I had one of these moments like, oh my gosh, you're commenting on my TikTok. Can you come on my podcast? And she said, yes. So this is that episode. Uh, we have a lot of bombs we dropped about Instagram. So buckle up, brace yourself. It may shake up, uh, your, all your thoughts about marketing, um, and kind of what it looks like to be the next level online business owner. Alex has done it so beautifully over the last 12 years and, and I'm really inspired by her and I think you will be too. Enjoy. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag-worthy brands through visual identity, design, and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice, so enjoy the episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. I've been such a super fan of her brand and watched her growth online. Today we have Alex Beaton. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. We love a little technical difficulty to kick off. This is our second time doing the intro. So we're just, you know, keeping it loose, keeping it real on a Thursday. Um, But for anyone who doesn't know you, first of all, I don't know how, because I feel like you're everywhere at once. You create so much valuable content online. Um, But tell us who you are, what you do and who you help. My name is Alex Beaton, and I am a launch strategist. I help online business owners learn how to launch their digital products with ease, joy, and confidence. And it's funny because when people think about launching, most of the time they're thinking about profitability and how to increase revenue and all that jazz. And that matters a lot. But for me, what differentiates me as a launch strategist is that I'm also about how you feel energetically and about the wellness side of things. And so, yeah, I've been online for the last 12 years. I've done a variety of different things, but right now that is what I'm doing and focusing on. And I've noticed that shift in your content. I've noticed the shift from, you know, there was this huge push and and I talk about this on the podcast a lot of kind of being sucked into this like girl boss, entrepreneur, like Mm -hmm. work yourself to the bone. And I don't know anyone that actually wants to work like that all the time. So I think we're going to get into that for sure. But kind of walk us through the offerings that you do have all the way from free to bite size to your bread and butter. You could do it in your sleep all the way to that VIP VIP offering. Yeah. So what's really interesting about me is that I have created so many different things over the past 12 years that now that I'm actually sitting down and reviewing my um, my offerings, I'm realizing that there's little holes here and there. So we actually don't have a freebie right now specifically related to launching. Um, we did create one specifically for you guys, for your Yay! audience. So that's very exciting. I'll talk to you guys about that a little more later. But in terms of freebies that are just available to the public, really right now, we don't have anything. In terms of low ticket items, we have created something called Ultimate Launch Bootcamp. And it's a live five day experience that walks people through very intensely how to launch so that hopefully they can take that pro- that little mini it's like boot camp. That's what it is. It's like mm-hmm. five days worth of videos and learn a lot about launching so that they can go off on their own and have their best launch yet. So that's ultimate launch boot camp. 
We're also working on something very special right now called Project X, which is also related to launching and it will also be a low ticket item, but it's not out quite yet. I'm not sure when this episode will go live, but it's coming soon, probably by summer of this year, it should be live. And then that leads us up into Together We Launch, which is my signature high ticket program. Together We Launch, I started it in 2016 and this is now our fifth time running it. I I paused for a few years after my first round and it's specifically to help digital product business owners. So whether you have an online course or a membership site or you sell presets or digital planners, helping you launch that into the world and have your most profitable, easeful, joyful launch yet. And then VIP-wise, we have the next level of Together We Launch, which we're actually coming out with this year. Um, We're all about rinse and repeating on this side of of the world here in Team Beaten. So every time we do a new launch, we're rinse and repeating and adding new layers each and every single time. So this time, something that we're adding is the VIP option, which is just going to be a more elevated, more high-touch way for us to support the members of Together We Launch who really want that extra level of support. Incredible. And what a great fleshed out. I know you said you don't have free content or a free freebie yeah. for now, but your Instagram itself, like I feel like I should pay to be just read all the things on there. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much content. And like you said, you've been online for 12 years. I've I haven't bought any of your your courses or anything like that, but I've learned already so much from you. So from way back from when you started 12 years ago, you had background in photography first, correct? Yes, correct. So how did you get kind of from the photography to digital product space to now offering what you're offering as this full suite of specifically niching in on launches? So when I graduated from university, I was very clear that I did not want to go and get a corporate job. And my passion at the time was photography. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just give this a shot and I'm going to be a professional wedding photographer. And so I started doing that. I started marketing my business online in the only way that I knew how. Bearing in mind, this was back in 2009, 2010. So this was the days of blogging. And I would just blog every single day and put myself out there every single day. And what I started to realize is that I grew this enormous following of photographers, Mm -hmm. which when you're selling photography is not necessarily the audience that you're trying to attract. So that was like my business lesson. Number one was like create content that's attracting the right ideal client. But it, it all worked out because once I realized that I had all these followers who were photographers, one day I woke up and I was like, huh, I have all of these Photoshop actions that are just sitting on my computer gathering dust. I should try and sell those to photographers. And for anyone listening, Photoshop actions are like Lightroom presets or like filters on your Instagram. It basically just, it's something that I would create for my own photos that would help me edit quicker. And they were just there. I just had like hundreds of them. So I was like, let me try and see if anyone else would be interested. And Michelle, it was such a shot in the dark. It was like, is this going to work? I have no idea, but we're just going to roll with it. Talk about being first to market because now everyone and their best friend like sells presets online. Yes, for sure. I look back, you know? Yeah. I look back and I'm like, wow, you were ahead of your time. And Mm -hmm. even at the time, I remember messaging a big shot photographer and being like, should I sell these? And they were like, no, this is what differentiates you. Don't sell them. But I'm so glad that I did because that first day that they were online, Michelle, I went to sleep that night and I woke up and I was like $400 richer. And 
Now Hell that yeah. doesn't mean much, but at the time <laughs> that was like mind blowing that mm-hmm. I, I didn't have to exchange time for money anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was like the bug that I just became obsessed. I became a- addicted to digital products. I was like, wow, the opportunities here to make money in your sleep and to create one product that I can then sell nth amount of times an infinite amount of times and just create content to draw people in. And yeah. And so that's really how it started. It makes so much sense. And I think now that's so much the name of the game, right? Like everyone talks about your passive income streams and diversifying your income. And, and I grew up, my parents, my mom's an interior designer. My dad's a general contractor. My sister's a wedding planner. We're all in service-based industries where we are exchanging our, our time and our ideas for money. And the idea of, of kind of, populating that to the next level, you do that, get that segmented audience. Like you were saying, like you have the people that follow you for your service that you offer. And then you have the people that follow you that say, I want to do what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said, okay, the photography might've been the entry point, but now I'm going to like skirt, like go all in on this education idea and resources idea, because doing that, like you said, in 2012, 2013, like talk about kind of a gold rush opportunity of like, wow, I can really make some traction here. That's, that's pretty incredible. Um, now the brand has evolved. Obviously you've branded yourself to a personal brand. Were you always Alex Beden as a brand? Yes. I was always Alex Beden. I started off as Alex Beden photography. Smart, super smart. And now you're kind of approaching a rebrand. So in this podcast, we always love to ask a question about branding, about marketing, about entrepreneurship, because those are kind of my areas as well. Um, But how did you know that it's like, okay, it's time to kind of freshen up the look? I know you just came off your photo shoot um, this week, which is exciting. What are you looking forward to the most once your new branding is launched? Okay. So to answer your first question, how did I know it was the right time? I think that intuitively you just know when your contents, photos, everything just feels kind of icky and like you've outgrown it. And I do believe that in the online space, that's a very natural thing to have happen. And at the beginning, it's easy to be obsessed with it. It's like, oh, my brand has to always be 100% a reflection of who I am in this moment. I think for me now, having been in this space for so long, I'm cool with my brands being a few steps behind me. I think it's very natural that like you are evolving and then your brand catches up to you and it may take some time. Totally. It's also about like the strategic timing of your business. So I've been feeling this way probably for the past two years. And it's only now that I'm actually dealing with it and being creative with it and making the changes that need to have happen. And it's solely because over the last two years, it just has not been a priority. So I think, you know, there's a lot of things that come into play when it comes to doing a rebrand. Absolutely. We talked about that at the top. I want you to answer the second half of it, what you're excited about. And then I want to revisit what we talked about at the top of the episode. So I'm excited about it because it just breathes new life into everything that you are in the online space and into the way that you show up online. And you know, my very first, well, one of my very first courses is called the School of Killer Impressions. And it's all about creating a killer impression. So when I say killer impression, I mean like that first impression when someone finds you online, immediately they should know, oh my God, yes, I'm in the right place if they're the right person. Mm -hmm. And so that's always mattered a lot to me. And it's a part of me that when my brand is not a reflection, like when I go to my website and I'm kind of like, wah, wah, like (laughs) I I want it to be something I'm proud of. I want it to be something that my ideal clients are excited by. And that to me is the most exciting thing is like when I'm communicating on this new level and on this more, 
elevated, grown up, mature level, I feel like the people that I'm going to start to attract are going to be even more of a better fit than they already have been. So it's extremely exciting. It's so exciting. And it's something that on the brand design side, that's stuff that I deal with every day, right? Is people Mm -hmm. describing exactly what you're talking about. I started with this. It's evolved into that. It doesn't feel like it's in alignment anymore. Right. Like it doesn't feel aligned with where I want to go. And I worry that like the colors or the fonts or the logos that I have are maybe like not letting me live up to this vision that I have for myself. And those, when I hear someone say that in a discovery call, I'm like, ding, ding, ding. That's where I come (laughs) in. Like I can absolutely help with that. I know how to do that. But like you said, I really appreciate how you notice these feelings of, would you say burnout? What was kind of the, the dark cloud that made you feel like, okay, something needs to shift? I think as a human being, you're always evolving and your priorities are always shifting. And, you know, for a long time there, I was establishing myself as the Instagram stories queen. And that's, you know, that was a very strategic move for me. It was something that I really did not want to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was not excited about it, but I knew that it was what people were asking me about. It was what I was excellent at. I knew that I could teach people Instagram stories and thrive. And so I really did, you know, differentiate myself and identify online as Instagram stories queen. But that for sure has a shelf life. And for me, at least, I don't want to talk about Instagram stories for the next 20 years of my life. You know, (laughs) Like it was for a season and it had its purpose and I loved it while I was in it. I learned so much and I met so many amazing people and I worked with so many amazing people, but like there is an end to every season. And I feel like that season just ended. Then throw in a pandemic, then throw in the first death of someone close to me and my family over the last, this is what's happened over the last two years in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Me having to be a caregiver for my grandmother, like just a lot of real hard life stuff came up. And I just felt very, very disconnected from the brands that I had created for myself before. Like I just feel much more mature now and much more grounded now, much more aligned with what matters to me. And I want my brand to reflect that. We are growing on parallel tracks here because I couldn't, I literally got goosebumps when you said that because in everything going on in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Feels sometimes so surface to be all in, in the way in Instagram that we used to be. Right. And if the purpose of existing online is to connect and if the purpose of existing online is to serve other people and help them with their growth, tying your services or your offerings to a platform can be really, really limiting. And it do- it's kind of just, that's the first layer of the onion, but the layers on the inside, it sounds like for you with Project Storyline was to like help people tell their story, help people mm-hmm. connect to their audience. And those themes, it feels like you can bring into all your offerings. You're not limited only to Instagram stories, correct? A hundred percent. I think you just said something really interesting as well, just around the way that we used to connect and communicate on Instagram in 2019 is no longer applicable. It's like what used to feel fun and exciting and joyful now feels exhausting. And like, I don't even want to watch people do what I used to do and what used to work in 2019. It's like we're evolving, like the entire digital landscape has changed. And so that's going to reflect differently in the content that we create, in the branding Mm -hmm. that we come out with, in how we show up online, how consistently there's so many things that are changing. And I think my, my entire, like the way that I've been approaching this is just kind of like, I'm enough. 
I don't need to overproduce content. I don't need to show up in the way I used to anymore. I can give myself room to breathe and evolve and grow and that's okay. And anyone who I'm going to lose in the process of that is probably not a good fit for the next stage anyway. And I'm cool with that. Yep. Yep. Oh my gosh. I'm, we're, like I said, in mm-hmm. such a similar position because it also, the other cataclysmic shift I think in business is when you do have a team. Now all yeah. of a sudden my digital presence online is a lot less to do with me and a lot more to do with all these people that are moving towards this mission, this vision, these goals. And how do you kind of accommodate for that as well? Because it was much easier as a solopreneur, a digital nomad to be like, look at me having a coffee in Bali today. Like that was <laughs> fun in 2018. That was, yeah. that was what Instagram was in 2018, 2019. And as the platforms evolve as well, it feels like Instagram as a platform is trying to do so. Instagram is having burnout. It feels like oh my they don't God. even know who they are. You said that so perfectly. You're so right. That is perfectly described. They don't even know what they they don't even know what they're bringing to the table. And I think they're losing people to TikTok left over right because TikTok is not trying to be all the things all the time. Yeah. And how what a great parallel for entrepreneurs, right? If you're trying yeah. to offer all the services to all the clients all of the time not only are you going to lose people, but you can't do any one thing good. Right? Yeah. I completely agree with you 100%. It's so crazy. Yeah. I think looking at Instagram, it's just, it's exhausting. (laughs) And it hurts us in our core. Like I think we're both sad to see that it's not what it once was, right? It's like, I was trying to think of a parallel maybe with blockbuster video. Like if you're one of those people that's still holding out a blockbuster video and all of a sudden Netflix comes along and they say, Oh, we're just going to ship the movies to people's house. Do you stick out with your franchise of blockbuster video? Or do you say, you know what? That's probably the direction things are moving. I should maybe make a pivot. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think even with like, I look back at Snapchat and then Instagram Mm -hmm. took stories and now we're looking at TikTok and now Instagram has created reels. And now it just feels like, or at least for me, this is what what I feel. I love being on TikTok. TikTok is like my number one place. Me too. And then whenever I go onto Instagram, I see things on Instagram that I saw on TikTok like a month and a half ago. Yes. Yes. And it just feels contrived. It feels old and and it feels forced. I think Mm -hmm. for the same reasons, I don't have clients reaching out to me saying, can you grow my Facebook business page? Correct. Nobody's doing that in 20, even in 2018, right? Nobody's like, oh, I want to grow my Facebook business page. It's like Instagram, 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 Instagram. Yeah. And I've been encouraging people like, no, make the jump to TikTok. TikTok has more viewers than Google as Mm -hmm. of last year. Isn't that crazy? When I saw that stat, I was like, unsurprised, but Uh shocked. Uh huh. Uh huh. (laughs) And I think it offers. So my, a little bit of my TikTok story, I jumped on in July, 2019 on a dare for my younger sister saying she was going to grow a bigger account than me on TikTok. She's Gen Z. I'm millennial. I was like, I know I love how to it. Do social media marketing, move <laughs> over. Like I know what I'm doing. And I didn't know what I was doing at all. I was posting right. the video clips that I had, which were like travel clips and um, digital nomad stuff and things that actually weren't attracting the kind of client I want to work for. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I kind of thought, okay, maybe I could do like a brand recap in 60 seconds and just, just show an entire I think that's the first thing I ever saw of yours on TikTok. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, this Mm -hmm. is so cool. (laughs) And for about three months, I was the, you'll appreciate this. I was the only one using hashtag brand design on Mm -hmm. the entire platform. Yeah. And so 
like took off. And now they're the videos that, that get me the most clients. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely crazy that, that being kind of that first to market opportunity or seeing that straight away, you get that opportunity as you've evolved your business, which marketing channels do you feel like are the ones that get maybe neglected or left in the dust and which ones are the ones that people just feel like they're holding onto for dear life, but aren't giving them results. Yeah. I definitely feel like Instagram right now is going through a really difficult phase. Um, I think it has a place in terms of nurturing your audience. So like, I know that people will find me, they will come to me on Instagram. People are on Instagram every day right now. They're Mm -hmm. going to watch my stories. They're going to keep up with me that way. Cool. It has its place. But in terms of growing your audience, I would say Instagram is just not the place for that. Mm -hmm. TikTok is 100% where it's at right now. And, you know, so much so to the point where it's like, I have... I don't know how many followers. I want to say 50,000. I don't know how many followers I have on Instagram. It's at least a couple 10,000. Great. And I'm to the point with Instagram where I feel so frustrated by how low my engagement rate is. Like we put so much effort and have been putting so much effort into the content over there for years. And it's like, you know, it's just like a constant battle of, yeah, like every once in a while things will do well. Right now, reels are are outperforming everything else because Instagram is trying to compete with TikTok. Great, cool, whatever. But it's literally just like I'm going through my followers list daily now and just deleting people and being like, how do I? Because I think the key is engagement rates. Mm-hmm. And if you have so many followers, if you think about my entire career journey, I've been in the online space since 2009. So when I joined Instagram, people were following me because I was a photographer. So I had the photographer period, then I had the marketing period, then I had the Instagram story queen period. And now I'm going into a launching period. And it's like, I really just want to connect with my people. And my people know who they are. And I know who they are, who they are. But it's almost like having this massive following that, by the way, I worked so hard. So like it hard. was a goal for me for so long. Yeah. It was like, this is what I want. I want so many followers. Da, da, da. Now I'm like, I don't care about all the followers. I want to be known in my industry and in my niche. And I want to be famous in my niche, but I, I don't need 50,000 followers to do that. Totally. You know? I think of it kind of, I do really well with visualization. I think you do too. Mm-hmm. Of If you filled a stadium with everyone that follows you and there are 50,000 people, but only the first 10, the first 10 rows could actually hear what you're saying. But all those people would say, we wanted to be here. We wanted to see what you had to say, but I can't hear you. So now I'm tuned out. That's what's happening with Instagram is you got all 50,000 of those people there and they're like, nah, we're not going to give you a microphone anymore. Yeah. That's actually (laughs) a really good analogy. (laughs) Project it to the people that want to be there. And that's so painful. It's so painful because like you said, you, you hustled, you created content, you provided value for people. You got all those hot butts in seats and now you can't, it's like talking into a wall. Yeah. Yeah. It's so refreshing to hear you're in the same spot. Which is why I think, you know, your email list, which is something that I've spoken about forever because it is the most important thing. And yet like recently we've now hired all these team members and I've realized that if you if you actually look at what I've been prioritizing in the business in terms of time, mm-hmm. we track all of our time. We're obsessed with time tracking. Mm-hmm. Our time goes, a huge amount of time goes into Instagram, way more than the amount of effort that goes into my email list. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, 
my email list outperforms my Instagram every mm-hmm. single time. When we, whenever we do launches or sales, like it outperforms every single time. And yes, there's a big picture. The puzzle pieces all fit together and like everything supports everything. But I'm at a phase where I'm like, I want to put my effort into the things that are working and yes. I don't want to keep putting effort into a sinking ship. And yes. right now, unfortunately, Instagram is feeling like a sinking ship. It's a very interesting time. <laughs> I wish you could have been on all my client calls this week because this is exactly what I said. I said, I know you're on for an Instagram and TikTok contract with us. Can we reappropriate your Instagram funds to something, literally anything else? Because yeah. the amount of content that Instagram wants you to make to stay relevant for minimum returns minimum. is mind-blowing. But mind-blowing. also, I mean, from from Facebook, from a business side on on their point of view... They said, we let you promote your business all day long for like 10 years, guys. Like we're ready to make some money on this. We know you're making commerce from this opportunity. We know that you get reach, that you're, there's, you can't imagine going to a restaurant or a hotel and not finding their Instagram anymore. Yeah. You know, so if that's the case and from their point of view, like, yeah, get a slice of your pie, but another lesson for business owners. And I talk to this about with my clients all the time is your focus should be retention, not always recruitment, because if you retain the good customers, well, recruitment happens naturally as a byproduct, right? If you cater to that VIP, if you cater to that bread and butter and they love what you've provided to them, then naturally you'll get new recruitment. If you only focus on recruitment and you drop off on keeping the people that have invested in you and that have put in the time, put in the effort, and those people drop off, then you're on the hamster wheel. And then you're screwed because then you're just all the time trying to get new people and not worrying at all about keeping them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like that happens in your business? My sister is a basically retention strategist for membership site owners. And she uses this quote all the time. She says, um, retaining a client's is something like seven times cheaper than getting a new client or something like that. Um, For anyone who wants to check her out, her name is Liz Beaton on Instagram. She's incredible. But yeah, it's like when you look at the people who buy something from you, they're way more likely to keep buying from you. And it's way easier to sell to them because they already know, like, and trust you. They've already had a taste of how great it was to work with you. A hundred percent. Um, I think even for myself, looking back at my history with my business, I've always been so content focused, which is fantastic. But there was a huge lack of focus on the other side, which is, okay, we have a client. How do we keep them? How do we nurture them? How do we Mm -hmm. upsell them? How do we basically expand the lifetime value of them in our business? And it's only now that I'm starting to have all these thoughts and so yeah, it's a, it's very interesting. And you work with your sister also, right? She's so part I, of your team? Well, I used to work with her. She was helping yeah. me, me with Project Storyline. Um, I hired her as a contractor, but now we're not working together anymore. But she's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. My <laughs> sister, the wedding planner also, we're constantly kind of doing things um, together. And she's in the point now, similar to you, where you notice... For example, planning someone's wedding, that's a one-time transaction. That's a one-time, hopefully, right? (laughs) Like that's a one-time deal. How do you create the the offering for that clientele that is more ongoing, right? And so for me, that was branding evolved into social media marketing because Mm -hmm. those two things go really well together. I'm very social media minded in my design work. So for her, it was all about how do we kind of create that extra parentheses around what she has to offer. And so this week she launched a called Dallas wedding club. She's based in Dallas 
basically a community network for brides planning their weddings to go oh, to brunch so together, cool. to go to happy hour together, to share resources with each other, to, you know, vent about their crazy mother-in-laws. And it's so exciting because now she has all this new energy for her business of like, here's an opportunity that is a business that's supporting her main business, but the two can kind of be sisters, not twins. Yeah. They can hold hands. That's cute. I love that. No, it's super fun. And I think it's a way for entrepreneurs again to evolve. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket ever, whether that's social platform offerings, clientele, anything. There's something I've been dying to tell you about, and it's something that I'm keeping on the hush hush. So like, don't tell everybody. Okay. One of the things I notice with our brand design clients is that they go through the brand design process and they get all their new logos, fonts, colors, patterns, icons, everything. And then they're not totally sure how they're supposed to be using them on social media. Enter the one-on-one Kiss My Assets Canva Sprint Day. I know that's a mouthful. Stay with me. Basically, this is a three-hour session with me that is part assets, part strategy, part clarity, and low-key Canva training on how to use all of your brand elements together to make templates that you can then DIY for your biz. So think post templates, stories, graphics, email graphics, anything that you are going to be making on a regular basis on behalf of your business, we can create them together in a three-hour sprint inside your Canva account. You can walk away with those templates right at the end of the session and put them straight to use. These can be booked on my website. There are only a limited number of spots per month to book the one-on-one day. And the link that you're going to want to look for is mkwcreative.co slash kissmyassets. That's mkwcreative.co slash kiss, K-I-S-S, my assets, A-S-S-E-T-S. Get it? Like social assets. Kiss my ass. You know, we're being funny. We're a little cheeky. Uh, but the plan here is to really create as much content for you as we possibly can so that you can go out there and DIY your brand in the best bragworthy version of what you envision for your business and really kind of get those clients rolling in. Check that out. Book it online. You can book it anytime. There are a limited number of spots per month. So if I were you, I'd get on it sooner rather than later. Back to the episode. So going back, if we could kind of rewind again from an entrepreneurship question, what's something that you wish you could have told yourself in the big milestone years of your business? I like to throw out year one, year three, and then this last year, but you've got a larger span than I do. Um, yeah. But I'm wondering if those those big shifts, those big turning points, what's something that you wish you could have told yourself from where you're sitting now? I struggle with questions like these <laughs> because I'm so much a person that's like, you know, you learn everything as you do and everything unfolds as it should. However, if I had to answer your question, um, in my first year of business, I really did not understand that you should be creating content specifically for your ideal clients. I was creating a lot of content and attracting a different ideal clients. So that's something that would have been beneficial to know earlier on, but probably would have taken me away from digital products. So I'm glad yeah. that I went into this direction and I, if I had to go back, I probably wouldn't go back. That is something I didn't know. That would have been good for me to know. Um, at the five-year mark, I wish I had told myself to understand that no one expects me to do it alone. I had this huge obsession with like, I want to be self-taught. I want to be self-learned. I don't want to learn from anyone else. I don't want anyone to think I'm copying from them or taking their ideas or I just wanted to figure everything out on my own. I wanted to be self-made. And I think a big shift for me was joining my first mastermind 
Mm. And that skyrocketed my, like you can literally look at every revenue year of my business and it was pretty stagnant, stagnant, stagnant. And as soon as I joined a mastermind group, it was just like, amazing. Surrounding yourself by people who are already where you want to be being open to the fact that you don't know everything and it's okay. Like you're not supposed to know everything. There's a lot to learn from other people and it's not a bad thing to learn from other people. Like that's how you grow, you know? So being less self-dependent and then we just, well, I guess like two years ago, that would have been my 10th year. And I guess if I could tell myself anything at 10 years, it would be that it's okay to slow down, which is exactly what mm. I did. I slowed mm-hmm. down and I pressed pause. But I think in the moment, I felt a lot of shame about it and a lot of conflict. I just felt very conflicted about it. Um, mm-hmm. It felt like everyone else was going on and I was just like, pressing pause. And that was a difficult thing, but again, a really good positive thing for me to go through and experience. So those would be my, my lessons. I love all of those. You said press pause. And I noticed that you, your last podcast episode, of course, was I think in 2020 and it was called pressing pause. I also took a break from my podcast last year because it kind of evolved as this thing of, I wanted a great reason to reach out to people like yourself, Mm -hmm. people that inspire me that are doing great things and kind of share resources, share ideas, um, and give advice. And, and that's how it started. And it was going great, but it got to the point of at this point, it starts to feel like this isn't in alignment. This is a lot of work. Having a podcast is a lot of work as you know, it is. um, coordinating with people. And, and I have a a podcast manager and it's great. And I told her, I was like, listen, like I need a break. Like, I don't want to work this hard at this. It's fun. It's great. It brings me leads. Awesome. But I think we constantly have to audit what is a good expenditure of our time and yeah. how do we want our lifestyle to look? And I'm very lifestyle first, work second. I mm-hmm. think you're you're similar to that. And yeah. why work this hard if, you know, there's a tragedy that happens in your family and you can't take time off? That right. doesn't make sense. That's why we work for ourselves is to give ourselves that flexibility. I'm curious if most of your pressures that you felt at this year 10 mark, are they internal pressures or are they external pressures? What would you say? I think it was a mixture of both. I think that number one, you know, you have to remember that I was an an entrepreneur for the last 10, like since I left university. So Mm -hmm. it was really built into my DNA to not stop. And it's like, you go and go and go and you hustle and you hustle and you hustle and you make money, you make money, you make money because you don't know, like, we're making our own money as as business owners. You know, you don't know when something bad is going to happen. Like you want to always make sure that you are continuing and growing and getting better. Future proofing. Yes, future proofing. So I think that was one element of it. But I do think that, of course, especially back then, we were in a society where we weren't really having conversations about slowing down. And actually, I look at the pandemic and the pandemic was hard on everyone for sure. But I think that there's something interesting to be said around the fact that it forced everyone to slow down and it forced everyone to realize that actually like working ourselves to the bone is not okay and it's not cool and it's not fun. And like, why are we really doing it? Just it caused us all to look inwards and reflect. And so I think it was both. I think it was internal. It was external. And it took a lot. That that entire two year period, it was just a lot. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more on those friends in my, my five minute journal that I have over here that I'm not consistent about to save my life. But when I do write my affirmation in there, it's something along the lines of I'm in completely in control of how I want my life to look. Mm-hmm. If there's something that's not working for me, 
I don't have that external pressure of a job or a location or even yeah. like I'm renting my place. Like I don't have any ties anywhere. If I want to make a cataclysmic shift, that's within my power to do so. And even sometimes just reminding ourselves of that yeah. is super liberating because it's really easy to get stuck on the same thing like every day or every week or every launch season and, you know, 100%. get so in the bubble, get the blinders on and get overwhelmed by that. Um but I, I'm curious also, this is another favorite question. This, we're almost mm-hmm. to the end here. What's <laughs> something that you think you do extremely, extremely well? And what's something that you wish you were better at? I think I connect with people really, really well. And I think I'm an excellent creative. Like I started off in photography for a reason. I feel like I'm an artist first and foremost. So even when I look at coming into business and helping people launch, like everything I do has such a creative edge and spin to it. I love to create content, whether it's paid content, free content. Like I just love to create. Mm -hmm. That is really where my joy is. It's really what lights me up. So I would say that is like my zone of genius. When it comes to what I could be better at, I think that I often bite off more than I can chew. So in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And I cannot. Like there's just no way. So like my operations manager, Laura, she's always telling me, she's like, rain it in, yeah. rain it in. <laughs> We're in meetings. She, she brought this up to me today. She was like, Alex, do you remember when you said that you wanted to do four to six interviews per week? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And now we're doing like, we're aiming for two a week and that is mm-hmm. good for me. Like, I feel like that's a really good amount. And she was just making fun of me today because she's like, you she means it in a loving way. She's like, you you mean well when you bite off more than you can chew, but she's always right. She's always right. And you need those people, the yin to your yang, right? And I think percent. that you, myself, I see a lot of like my sister, my mom as well. They're, if you are the creative, don't... I actually saw this on a TikTok video. This woman was a professional speechwriter for weddings. And wow. she was helping um, you know, mothers, fathers, grooms, brides, whatever. And she goes, I'm so sick of hearing people write in and say, she, the bride is wonderful. And he really grounds her. He really Mm. brings her back down to earth. And she goes, since when is being the person with a million ideas and being excited to be alive and being optimistic and being this big picture thinker, why do we need to be grounded? Like, why do we have to be? And I think for women, that's such a, a stereotype as well, right? Of like, how do you, how do you do that in a way that's still, you can still keep your big picture ideas? Cause I think that is a f- female superpower for sure. Um, so I love that you have someone on your team that could kind of respectfully and from a loving place, like at least check you on your energy. It's not that you can't have yeah. the ideas, but check and protect your energy, protect your peace. Right. Yeah. And I think as a team, what we all know is that we all have different zone of zones of genius yes. and Laura is incredible and she's organized and she's structured and she brings boundaries and we need those boundaries because mm-hmm. a lot of us on the team are creative and we're all over the place and she we we complement each other and it's not to say that like I should be better at at reeling in the ideas cuz no I'm that's why I'm here is to have the ideas like you said like it's my job to to think and to ideate and to have fun and to kind of be the crazy one <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. her job because that's what she's good at, of like being realistic and being like, this is what's actually doable. And we both need each other. We are like two puzzle pieces. So yeah. Absolutely. It's so important to surround yourself with people that complement your energy, I think, in all 100%. facets of your life. 
Amazing. Where can everyone find you, follow you, connect with you? I have a feeling they're going to want to do a deep dive on everything that you have to offer after this. Um, So where can everyone get in touch? So the first thing that I would like to say is that we have created something specially for you guys, for your listeners. Um, It's a launch wellness checklist because I know I mentioned at the beginning, launching to me is about so much more than just the profitability side. So you can find that at launchwithalex.com forward slash KMA. They can go and get that, download it, all that jazz. You can also find me pretty much just search for Alex Beaton on any on any platform on and I will be there. Yeah. <laughs> and get on her email list. It sounds like, cause it sounds like yeah. you're about to dump in a lot more time and effort into that. hundred percent. I'm definitely going to be watching along. Thank you so much for your time. I love talking with you. I feel Aww. like we, we were so on the same wavelength about so many things. So, so I think many people things. are going to get a lot of value from this episode. So yeah, and I think that's, what's cool as well about like finding people who are like-minded online. Like I can tell through seeing your content that we are on such a similar wavelength and it's so it's like so much more evolved than like where social media has been so I'm really glad to have found you and your content and it was such an honor to be here on your podcast so thank you for having me oh my gosh it was an absolute pleasure thanks so much Alex and thanks everybody for listening catch you next time and see ya bye Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.